0: Hello, oh, hello, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 35 of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super Podcast. I'm of course your host, Tim Bridgewater. Uh happy Halloween month to everyone. I'm recording this on Sunday, October 1st. Um, Halloween is definitely one of my favorite holidays. I don't know about you guys, but uh so it's time to get uh ready to get dressed up and party and all that good shit that comes along this month. Um, you know something i haven't really figured out exactly what i'm going to do for halloween yet though I'm one of those people who i usually plan this stuff out in advance by this point i already know what i'm going to do how i'm going to do it i usually make my costume to some extent you know but oh gosh i really don't know this time now any suggestions you guys let me know any of you guys are going to do any dragon ball related things or if not you know whatever you do just let me know. I love, I absolutely love seeing people's costumes, talking about it. So, any of you guys planning to do anything fun, uh, you know, just let me know. Send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. Uh, once again, obviously, I have two other podcasts, Geekly Dose for Public City Report. Check those out. They're still up. Uh, iTunes as well as Stitcher.com. Uh, head over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast. Remember... Once we get to 100 likes over on that page, I will do a giveaway and it will be a really good giveaway. Uh, Still not there yet. I think we're about 19 or so likes uh, from getting there. So once again, I mean, we're doing better. We're getting a little bit each week. Um, So that's that's great. But um, remember, guys, if you're enjoying this, you know, just make sure you share with your friends, because if you do that, we can get that. We can reach 100 no time. We can do this giveaway and we can get some prizes going and have a lot of fun and all that good stuff. So uh, with that being said, uh, here's a reminder, our email segment, What Are You Saying? Uh, send me an email at rockthedragonpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about anything, I do have three uh, emails here. So we're going to jump into that and we're going we're gonna to talk about that stuff. As well as, uh, and, then, and then of course we want to jump into the episode talk. I'm sorry I'm still a little bit out of it. I mentioned this on the on episode 34 of the podcast that I was under the weather. Well, I'm still under the weather. <laughs> I am a little bit better than I was a week ago, but it's one of those things that just seems to be lasting a while. So uh, once again, you know, excuse me if I cough or anything weird like that. Uh, but yeah, let's just jump into it because I mean, honestly, there was a lot of shit that happened this episode. Um, Just in terms of, you know, I mean, I mean, it was it was one of those really busy episodes. I mean, two or three different fights happened and there's a lot of side, uh, you know, plot stuff happening and and, and, and subplot stuff. So uh, let's just kind of get into it so we can break it down. The very first message that I've gotten here um, for what are you saying for this week is from Brent, longtime listener. Brent, thanks a lot. Always glad to hear from you. Says here, hey, man, been a while since I talked to you on here. Been still listening through and sorry, been still listening, though. And the podcast is sounding greater than ever. On the last episode about how Frost had his poison weapon, even Frost said it was a part of his body. The green dude referee looked at it right after Frost said that and said, I don't think so. And then made his ruling been agreeing with what you have been saying about the way dbs and dbz storytelling allowing for us to not really be able to assume much of anything on this show it does allow the element of surprise to still be there which is both great and annoying depending on the situation i think Uh, and then you sent over a link um, from that episode where um, yeah where frost says that the needle is a part of his body and then the announcer pretty much just says now nah, and disqualifies him. Mm-hmm. So Brent, uh, thanks a lot, man. Always good to talk to you. So let's 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 t- touch on your message here. Yeah, that's uh, I mean that's more or less what I observed from it. I mean that's that's what I got from it also. <laughs> that uh, and and that's where the confusion is, right? Because I, I posed a question on episode 34 of the podcast. I, I asked you guys. I said, hey, did Frost cheat or not? Now, of course, that question was with the assumption that that needle was a part of his body, right? Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked that question because it wouldn't have made sense, <laughs> right? Because I was on the assumption that that was a part of his body because they haven't done a good job of, of explaining or proving that it's not. And I think that, and, and even on this episode, it's still, it, I feel like they muddy the waters a little bit even more here. Because it's not—it's just there's no definitive answer. It's like because I was talking to another listener, Tyler. Uh, I think Tyler. I think that was our first time talking. So I appreciate you uh, being a listener as well. Um, but Tyler left a comment, and and I think you were saying that you you saw it as it was being heavily implied that it was a uh, a weapon, an outside weapon, that it wasn't a part of his body. Um, and I and I didn't i'm not i think you're right i mean i think they are implying that but it's just i don't think they're doing a good job of explaining it because brent like you say right here i mean there's a clear moment in the episode where frost says i assure you this is a part of my body now he could be lying right but they i just don't they didn't air it it didn't it didn't come across that way so yeah i rewatched the clip and this is exactly what happens you know, um, the announcer guy goes over to inspect Frost. He sees it, He it punctures him, he falls out and then he says, I assure you, it's a part of my body. And then the guy gets up and says, no, there's some clear signs of trickery here. And then he disqualifies him without proving anything. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I, blame, I blame the writers because it's just not clear, right? Frost says it's a part of his body. And then the guy says, no, it's not without proving anything though. So I don't, I don't know. And and we'll, we'll talk more about this, you know, when I get into the episode talk for this week, because there's, there's even more, um, kind of talk about that. And it does seem like it was some sort of a trick, but it, they just didn't say for sure. And, and even if they did, they didn't explain how he knew that, you know? So, um, but yeah, I pretty much agree with what you're saying there. I just, um, I just think this is a, one of those things where the writers is just not being really clear as to what is going on here, but uh, we'll we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, And yeah, you were talking about um, as far as, yeah, as far as the storytelling, just kind of being shaped in such a way to where it's hard to assume anything. Well, thanks. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about, we talked about this, I think last episode, you know, or the episode before um, where I just, I felt like it's very hard to make any assumptions, in this world <laughs> because they've created a world to, to, where literally it seems like anything could happen. Um, and once again, that is like you said, it's both annoying and great because it's great because it's like, Oh wow. Like you can get this sort of unbelievable, unexpected sort of plot twist out of nowhere. Uh, but then it's also annoying because it's like, you know, they can kind of make up shit as they go along and just kind of change the rules whenever they feel like it for the sake of, you know, the element of surprise and, you know from a writing standpoint, that's just not good. I think it's always good to put limits on your universe and and stick by your rules because then that makes for better storytelling. I think because there are stakes, and you know that there are you know consequences for rules being break broken, and like they just kind of make up shit as they go along in, in Dragon Ball Super. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, So, yeah, Brent, thanks for saying that. Uh, Yeah, I I pretty much agree with all that. Now, we're going to talk about this a little bit more again here because I got an Andrew. uh, (laughs) I feel like I always do that. I've got an email from Andrew. Okay, one of my longtime listeners, uh, also from Republic City Report. So Andrew writes, hey, Tim, first off, I just wanted to say great job as usual. I was happy to hear you did decide to do a giveaway for getting likes on Facebook, so I think it's safe to say that I'm a front-runner in the contest with a solid 1% chance of winning when that time comes. To my knowledge, you never did any sort of contest for Republic City Report, but you gave up on that Facebook page pretty darn quick, not that I blame you. I still think that show was basically the pinnacle of podcasting, so every time I hear you mention that the entire review history was wiped, it kind of bums me out. It's coming up on three years though since that ended, though, so not a huge deal anymore, I guess. I'll just talk about that real quick. Uh, yeah, thanks, Andrew. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I pretty much come on here and beg for Facebook likes every episode, <laughs> and it's just something, you know. Obviously, it's a, it's a obviously. It's not completely selfless, right? I mean, yeah, I want to give you guys a prize, but I have to get something out of it, too. And hopefully I get more Facebook likes and hopefully I get more reviews. And hopefully, ultimately, I'm just trying to grow my listener fan base. Um, I mean, why wouldn't I? Right. So it's sort of a mutual win win for both of us. (laughs) Uh, So the likes are coming in very slowly. But, yeah, that Andrew was... um, gave me a couple suggestions about what I could do to kind of build the show at one point in time. So, yeah, I'm trying to do that, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Okay, so your next the next paragraph here says, Anyways, I haven't watched episode 34 yet to give comments on that, but I was listening to your most recent episode anyway, which I usually do, just so I can decide if that episode was worth watching, and I had a few things to say. You got some flack over your guests that f- Goku forfeited that match with Frost. And honestly, that was my strongest suspicion as well after watching the episode, so I really don't feel like it was such a blasphemous idea to have. I've only watched the episode once, but I'm almost on the opposite end of the spectrum as the other listener. Was it Ricky? Who thought the poisoning was obvious? Now, apparently it was a poisoning based on what you said on episode 34, but that was actually very low on my differential. I remember you mentioning episode 33 that some obscure ability or poisoning that Frost had maybe could have caused it, and I actually thought that was a bit far-fetched. To my memory, the only single time in DBZ that there was has ever been any kind of biological or biochemical weapon was when Goku got his heart virus in the Android saga, and even that wasn't incited by a bad guy. I always thought it was a safe assumption that all these demigods walking around blowing up planets can't exactly get punctured by a needle or breathe in some toxic gas and just fall over since i still haven't seen episode 34 i still don't know how frost did it but i i thought your guess was much more likely one of the problems i've had with dbz is that they sort of bottleneck themselves into kind of uninteresting villains because it's not ever about a new technique or strategy like poisoning for example only about getting physically stronger So to hear that there's a new antagonist with the power to blow up planets and he's using poison seems very uncharacteristic of DBZ and DBS. With all that being said, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just wanted to throw it out there that, yeah, maybe it was somewhat obvious that it was poison if you're watching closely. I don't think you were at all mistaken to have first assumed that Goku threw in the flag. I still think Goku could have given Cell a run for his money, but he gave up more so just to see Gohan fight than because Goku knew he couldn't win. Sorry that his email was so long. I'm usually unnecessarily long-winded on my emails, but I don't generally have a lot to say about these episodes, so I figured why not for this one. And also, I'm really enjoying all this new universe tournament stuff so far. It's a nice change of pace. Thanks again, Tim, and keep up the great podcast, Andrew. Andrew, thanks. Man, I feel like I'm sniffling a lot here, so I apologize if I sound really off today. Uh, But yeah. Okay, so you were basically saying that you agree with me and that you didn't think that my assumption that it could have been something other than poison uh, was was the craziest thing in the world Uh, because you didn't necessarily. That wasn't. Yeah, I was saying that that wasn't the first assumption that I would have gotten either just because, well, this is a world that they just established where anything could happen, especially. And I really I really like your point here is that you're saying that. Through. uh, generally speaking okay because i have to be very careful when i say this kind of stuff because someone will quickly try to disprove it (laughs) okay but generally speaking you're right there's not like this history of biochemical or toxic biological weapon usage in the dragon ball world that's like there's usually not any sort of medical or scientific quote-unquote reasons behind anything that happens on the show um, you did, you did acknowledge the heart virus. So yeah, that was probably one of the only things though, but it's, yeah, it's usually somebody just has more power or, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a key blast or an energy wave, or it's uh, someone ramming their hand through somebody's stomach or, uh, someone turning somebody into a cookie, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not usually something like somebody using poison. So I, to your point. Yeah, that's that's even more reason why I would have assumed that would have been something like that, because they're just they just haven't shown a history of those types of attacks being used in this world. Uh, So, yeah, it does seem very uncharacteristic. Uh, So I agree with you there. Uh, And yeah, I mean, you've got these you've got all these fighters that are basically gods you know, more or less, and I'm not even, I'm not talking about Beerus, I'm just, I'm talking about all these motherfuckers, man, like Goku, Krillin, anybody who can fly and lift a car in that world is basically a god in their own sort of way, (laughs) you know what I mean, sorry, to the humans that are there, they're all, so yeah, it's very hard to see them getting taken out by something so normal as like a toxic gas or uh, even a heart virus, I mean, you know, that was something that was always weird and it was very tragic during that saga originally in the original timeline that Goku died of a heart virus you know even I remember him saying specifically it's like a you know a heart virus what a waste you know after everything that he's going through and something like that that takes him out Uh, but there's not a lot of examples of things like that so once again yeah you know but they're obviously changing the rules here in Dragon Ball Super. And now it's hard to predict or assume anything because I don't know any fucking thing can happen. And this episode kind of proves that too. <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. I think that about covers your email and drew. So as always, thank you for emailing me and I've got one more email here. This was a little bit shorter from Rick Blackbeard. Rick. Thanks. Once again, As always, nice to talk to you. Rick says, hey, Tim, Rick Blackbeard here. Just wanted to say a few things. First, I don't know if you read any DBZ manga, but there's a good one out called The Case of Being Reincarnated as Yamcha. It's about a kid who, like us, loves DBZ. Something happens to him and he wakes up in Dragon Ball as Yamcha, but knows everything that happens and what he does with the information is pretty good. It's only three chapters, 30 pages, but it's good. It's worth a read if you can find it on Reddit or just Google the title. Second, have you seen the Taiwan Dragon Ball movie? It's called Dragon Ball The Magic Begins. It's good for what it is. It's on YouTube. The only person with a good English sub was from a guy named Dragon Teo. Search the title and watch the one he has. Well, that's all for now. Keep up the great work as always, Rick Blackbeard. Rick, thanks for the email. I don't read any DBZ manga. Um, There's not a specific reason for that, honestly. I just don't read as much as I used to. (laughs) I'm just, I, you know, I've just, I used to read a lot. I mean, I have a comic book collection and stuff, and you know, I even have like an old Dragon Ball Z comic book somewhere in there. Um, But uh, I just don't read as much as I used to. I've become much more of a visual sort of a person person now. Uh, That's why I do like video work and all that kind of stuff, and I just prefer TV now. Um, but that sounds really interesting. So, so you're saying that there's a story. It's it's a kid who he likes DBZ and he's reading it, and he wakes up in the Dragon Ball world as Yamcha, but he's aware of everything that's about to ha- that's going to happen to Yamcha. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> I honestly wouldn't mind checking that out. Um, I've heard there are a, a, a good bit of fun sort of fan made. Uh, side stories and stuff like that. Manga form out there now that you can read. I mean, I remember coming across one uh, and correct. I mean, I'm not, I could be wrong here. I'm probably going to, but I'm pretty sure there's one out there uh, where there's a version of the Dragon Ball Z story uh, or the Dragon Ball story, both to where Vegeta is the one sent to planet Earth as a kid instead of Goku. So they kind of swap roles. You know, and it's sort of like this alternate universe where Vegeta is the one who grows up to be like the protector of Earth. But obviously it's not the exact same because he's Vegeta. Uh, and and I think maybe Goku is the evil one, you know, and, and he's Kakarot. Instead of Goku, he's just straight up Kakarot. Uh, so, yeah, I came across something and I, I want to read that. So. This is kind of reawakening my interest in some of that stuff, so I appreciate I appreciate you letting me know about it. Uh, and as for that, oh man, that movie, Dragon Ball The Magic Begins. Oh, okay. I have seen that. Uh, it's been a long time, and I don't think I saw the entire thing. And I did do like a quick little uh, YouTube search for it before uh, recording today, just to kind of refresh my memory on some of it. And, ugh. Look, for, for anybody who's not familiar with Dragon Ball The Magic Begins, I mean, that's that may not even that's probably not even the actual title of the thing, because it's it's, it's basically like a knockoff movie. It's a live action adaptation of uh, one of the Dragon Ball movies, the, like the animated Dragon Ball movies. So. But it's not once again, it's like it's not official. It's It's like a very unofficial thing, like, no, I don't think it's licensed at all because the names are different. some of the characters look slightly different and that kind of stuff so i've definitely seen that uh i have zero desire to ever watch it again (laughs) don't get me wrong like i i can appreciate films that are like cheesy or bad and are old or whatever but you know it's just hard for me to watch something that i like i love dragon ball so much that way i can't even watch something like that because it just bugs the shit out of me um And hey, if any of you guys love that movie, no offense, it's just not for me, okay? Um, So yeah, if you want to see some sort of live-action adaptation of Dragon Ball World, you can look that up. Um, That's not Dragon Ball Evolution, (laughs) which we obviously don't talk much about that film for good reason. But uh, yeah, so that's out there too. So Rick, thanks for reminding me of that, or maybe I should say no thanks for reminding me of that because now I'm re-traumatized alright, okay now, oh man, 20 minutes in okay, so let's uh, let's shift on over to the episode talk for this week now so of course this episode of Rock the Dragon Podcast is going to cover episode 35 of Dragon Ball Super titled Turn Your Anger Into Strength Vegeta's Full Bore Battle uh, so yeah so we, you know, we basically pick up Where we left off the previous episode, we know that uh, Piccolo was essentially forfeited in order to let Vegeta step into the fight. uh, Because he just decided that he wanted to take down Frost, you know, and he pissed him off. So now he wants to fight him. And obviously there's also, there's got to be some part of him that, you know, um, wants to take his anger out on Frieza. That he, that he never got to, he never got to finish Frieza off. So maybe that's some part of him that that you know wants to finish off Frost. Uh, so I'm going to fly through some of this beginning stuff relatively quickly because it's just kind of talking. But we got Vegeta versus Frost. Uh, Frost talks a lot of shit, and he 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 started talking so much shit at the beginning of this episode that I knew <laughs> that. It was, it was going to be like a one-punch thing. It, it was it was set up in that sort of a way. I was like, okay, he's talking, so, he's bragging so much, he's talking so much that this fight's going to be super short when it, when it actually happens, and that's essentially what happens. But now we do get a moment in here, and this is what I was referencing earlier, where Frost is talking about his poison needle, okay? And he's saying that, you know, he's basically saying that now that you know that I have this, uh, I get to change up the way that I fight, uh, I don't have to necessarily be as sneaky. I don't have to be on guard in the way I was before. Yada, yada, yada. He's pretty, pretty much just talking a bunch of shit. But what happens here, there's a moment where he, I, I don't know, just editing wise is just not clear as to what the hell he's doing. But it seems like he pulls the little needle out and then it retracts and then the poison drips or is that blood? I don't even know. I'm, okay, maybe it's poison. Kind of seeps out of the hole. But I just don't understand what the point of that was. <laughs> like, I, I I don't know if he's true. See, I don't, I'm, this is what I'm saying. At this point, I'm not sure if he's clarifying and saying beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's a weapon that he attached to his body or or what, you know, because it's still not clear. We know that he has something in there, but we still don't know for a beyond a shadow of a doubt of whether or not it's a part of his body or not. And I think they did a very poor job of kind of explaining exactly what's going on here in this moment. Now, the announcer is like, what? No, you can't. If you use that weapon again, yada, yada, yada. So because he's acting like that, that lends that leads us to believe that it it is illegal. But once again, they haven't said for a fact that that it's not a part of his body and they haven't proven anything. So I don't it's bad writing. And I, and I think I'm just going to kind of leave it at that because we can speculate all day back and forth about what the hell's going on here. But it's just it's one thing we should be able to agree on is it that it's not clear. I mean, yeah, some things are being implied, but there's also things that are happening that kind of counteract that implication, too. So it's just not it's not clear. So, yeah, even though it's not clear, I guess we're just assuming that it was def- that it was illegal at this point um so you know the announcer is saying you know use it again you'll be disqualified and frost is saying hey that's what you say but what does vegeta say and vegeta says hey you can use whatever you want (laughs) it doesn't matter to me you know when i beat you i want it to be because you know um you you had every weapon at your disposal yada 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 so at some somehow amongst this very convoluted sort of interaction that they're having here um we it, they come across with the they come up with the I guess the idea here that it'll be OK just for this match to use weapons, which they shouldn't be able to just change the rules all of a sudden like that per match. I mean, I, I guess since both fighters are agreeing to it, that makes it OK. But what's the point of having rules if you're not going to stick by them? So I, I, I don't know. It's just really weird. There's a, a, a lot of weird writing that, that, that happened during this episode. But Vegeta's basically saying that, hey, you know, if you want to use it, fine. Doesn't matter to me, you know. And so, yeah. So, Frost just kind of, like, makes this assumption now. It's like, oh, okay. I've, now that I've, like, changed the rules, I feel like I can just kind of do whatever I want. And he starts blabbering about some shit. And at this point, <laughs> we kind of know what's going to happen. He, he, he super dashes over there towards Vegeta. Vegeta hits his ass with one little uppercut, knocks him completely out of the arena. Shatters the hole in the dome and everything. <laughs> of which Vados quickly uh, repairs. But that's that that moment actually means something too because that's going to play a part in what happens later on. But yeah, so you know, Vegeta pretty much just knocks his ass out. <laughs> one hit. Because uh, he was talking a lot of smack um, speaking of that, Vegeta, Vegeta says the word bastard a lot during this episode. Anybody else notice that? Like, it, it don't, don't get me wrong. Like, it doesn't bother me that he says it, but he says it so many times that it becomes like distracting. I was like, every time he talks, he says the word bastard, it seems like. It's like, well, what's that about? I mean, can we get a little bit more creative here? You know, he doesn't have to use the He can, bitch is a word that exists. <laughs> I guess bastard is the only one they can get away with. But yeah, so then we go back to Champa and Goku, right? Because this is something that I honestly just didn't even think about, Um, is that Goku could actually technically be allowed back in the tournament because he lost unfairly. Uh, Because they decided, you know, based on whatever, that uh, Frost cheated and Beerus does a quick little inspection of his hand, and he sees the point where he was hit by the needle. So they kind of say, okay, well, we can allow that. But then Goku's saying that, hey, maybe I should fight after Monaka. So that kind of activates this whole little uh, subplot here with Monaka, because uh, Beerus is saying, no, Monaka's fighting last. So this, and you know, and he's he's being very secretive. There's some, we, we, come, a, we come away with this idea here that Monaka is unconscious for some reason. And he's just kind of sitting there in like this canatonic state. Uh, we don't know why. Um, obviously, it's something that we hopefully will find out later on. Um, but Beerus is obviously trying to keep some kind of secret here regarding Monaka. But um, Whis does make a comment about him being unconscious ever since he saw Goku's Kamehameha. Uh, I'm going to say that again because I'm sick and that didn't come out right. His uh, Kamehameha. <laughs> uh yeah, so he's kind of freaking out, and Goku's going over there and he's trying to talk to Monaka and saying, you know, but Beerus is like, get away. So, okay. So, this is this is obviously, like I said, it's a little subplot going on here in the episode. We're being led to believe that there's a secret here that Monaka has something about him. I don't know him being in this catatonic state right now. So, hopefully, later on, we'll find out what that is, what the point of it is. But in the meantime, so we have the next contestant coming up. Uh, so I was wrong. I did. I mentioned on episode 34 that I, I was on the impression that the little Saiyan was next from Universe 6, but no, I was wrong. So it's actually the big robot dude, uh, of which, you know, they say his name, but you can't make out what it is. So eventually I'll learn that. <laughs> and once I learn it, I'll, I'll start using it. But now, and then there's also, uh, at this point, we, we, we find that there's a, an apparent rule change that's happening here. Um, Chompa is adding this addition onto the arena where it's like this big cube sort of a thing. Um He sort of justifies it as, you know, we have to be more careful with these fighters because they're more powerful and they knocked a hole in the dome. So we have to be more careful because that could have gone very terribly embarrassed is kind of like, Hey, don't be changing shit without letting me know without talking about talking to me about it first. Um, we find out later on that it's probably more of a strategic sort of a move by Champa to limit the movement of um Vegeta in the next fight, and that does kind of play a role in what happens. Um, they do a rock, paper, scissors thing to kind of you know. It's become standard now in Dragon Ball to, to, to decide things using that method. Uh, but they never actually come to an agreement. Apparently, just come to a tie. And then Beerus just kind of gives in and says, hey, you know, forget it. It's not worth all the trouble we're going through, whatever. So we get uh the fight here between Vegeta and the robot thing, which there's some questions here from from everyone else. Uh I, b- I believe. Elder Kai is the one who points it out specifically, is that, uh, are we sure that this robot thing is actually like, you know, organic and not like a machine? So he speaks to one of the, the Kai from the other, from Universe 6, and it says that, no, they're the metal men. Apparently, that's a species that exists They're in, in their universe that is metal, but it's also organic. You know, it's just a species of, of alien that exists, and that's how they look. And that's what their bodies are made out of and etc. Uh Meanwhile, another little subplot here. I said, there's a lot of stuff happening in this episode. And this is where Frost kind of wakes up, sneaks off on his own, you know. Um, and then we learn that Bir- uh Champa had this offer for his team that if they win, they get all this treasure, right? So Frost is saying, hey, while they're not paying attention, I could sneak and put this treasure on the little ship that everybody came there on. I can get halfway across the galaxy before they even know about it. Uh, but no, somebody's not having it. So the silence, this silent, the silent uh, apparently he's an assassin, the silent assassin from Universe six. The, you know, the other guy who was there the whole time, but it just didn't say anything. Um, he walks up there and he, he stops Frost, you know using some kind of interesting move, and I'm not a, I'm not sure if he kills Frost in this moment or if he just kind of knocks him out. I mean, it looks like a finishing move just by the way that they did it, but once again, this is Dragon Ball, so I, I don't know. That, that move could literally be anything. It could have made him unconscious. It could have killed him. It could have, whatever. It could have transferred his soul to a different universe or something. Like, it's just... Too many possibilities here. Uh, but he does kind of pick him up and carry him off. And he basically says, hey, no, you know, I'm not here because Chompa sent me. I just can't allow you to steal something that was promised to me. And uh, meanwhile, Vados is kind of watching and she's like, eh, the best problems kind of take care of themselves. So basically, Frost is just getting his ass handled all, all sorts of ways in these episodes. So, yeah, then we just, you know, we get we get into this fight between Vegeta and this metal man uh, just kind of jumps off. You know, he just kind of goes in full force. Uh, Vegeta's essentially got his arms crossed throughout most of this, which I just thought was funny. Uh, <laughs> um, and he, he does his move to where he just kind of flies up and just kind of stomps his head in. And then the robot does this thing to where he um, I don't know. It's all, it, it, I think it's just meant to kind of confuse us and confuse them and be like, what the hell's going on here? Because he just kind of, just kind of pummels himself in the head and then pulls his head back out. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, I'm not going to talk much about this fight because whether it's just, you know, it, unless I sit here and actually do like some commentary, then it's not, there's nothing to really talk about here. Uh, but essentially what happens here is this is where we kind of find out that maybe champa you know put this damn box around the ring to make it harder for vegeta to win this fight because he the situation evolves in such a way to where he he realizes that he can't really fight him up close anymore because he increased his speed and his power all of a sudden Uh, and then he can't even really fight him from above because he's restricted by this cube that's around the ring so he's Kind of, he's he's kind of forced into these certain positions to where he kind of has to use key blasts. Um, but then the the robot himself kind of channels this lava. It's it turns out that they call it lava saliva, and there's some question about if is that a weapon or not because I think Beerus is saying, hey, that's basically that's basically like a flamethrower. Um, is that allowed? And then the announcer guy uses whatever ability he has which we just see for like the first time to i don't know channel this information when he does this this sort of um he gets this 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 anatomic report that shows that that's actually a natural part of this thing's body that it can produce lava saliva so it's okay now my question is this where the hell was this full anatomic report ability when Frost was in, was in the ring? Wouldn't it have been easier for him to just use that to tell whether or not that needle was a part of Frost's body? Or maybe he did use it. Maybe that's how he knew. But either way, they didn't show it, right? Then this is what I'm saying. They didn't, they didn't clarify it. If they want us to think that that's a fake thing that he put on his body, why not have this character use his anatomic report ability to say, Hey, frosted species does not naturally have a poisonous needle like that as a part of their body you know plot holes people plot holes right once again if you had this ability why not use it before and if you did use it then tell us about it and show it it's really that simple these kinds of writing problems are just fucking annoying now you know because I mean there's no reason for all these little plot holes we shouldn't have to be going back and forth and speculating on some things like this just tell us yes or no and explain why. Okay, that's basic problem solving. Now you're taught in, in elementary school. <laughs> okay, geez. Sorry. Anyway, a little rant there. But yeah, so that's pretty much what happens here. You know, he they, they, they confirm that that's a part of his, his, you know, anatomic makeup. So he's allowed to use it. Uh, but basically it just kind of gets Vegeta in sort of a pinch. Um so he finds himself having to kind of fly from corner to corner to avoid this thing. And eventually he just goes to Super Saiyan mode. And that kind of gets him, you know, a temporary sort of reprieve. And at this point, you know, they're thinking, OK, well, now he's in Super Saiyan mode. So we'll in this thing and Goku and everybody there on, the, on the sidelines kind of spectating. And uh, Whis points out that the air is changing in the ring. OK, so this guy is now essentially it seems as if he's increasing the heat. And now since they're in this cube, that's going to make it a lot harder for Vegeta to be able to withstand this temperature change. Um, so we don't know exactly what's going on here, but he's definitely using this lava ability to change the wet the temperature in there. So we'll find out more on the next episode. And that's basically where it ends. So, you know, I guess we'll see what happens next time on Dragon Ball Super. So that about does it for the episode talk for this week. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about any of that, uh, send me an email for our segment called What Are You Saying? Podcast at gmail.com. Please do not forget to head over to facebook.com slash rockthedragonpodcast. Like that page if you haven't done so already. As soon as we get to 100, we we'll do a giveaway. <clears throat> I mean, an awesome giveaway. Your chances of winning it will be very good. I mean, because at the very, like, once again, like I said, at the very... At the most, no, no, sorry. At the least, you'll have you have a one out of a hundred chance. But that that's not even accurate because I'm not. I, I'll break all of this more. I'll break this down later into more detail. But out of those hundred people, however many people decide to actually participate in the next step of the giveaway. Um, which it won't be 100, I'm sure, because not everybody's able and some people don't care. Some people don't want to win anything. <laughs> so your, your, you know, your chances could be doubled because that number might be cut in half. Let's say only 50 people actually participate in the next step out of the 100. But then you have a one out of 50 chance of winning. So once again, it's definitely worth it to go ahead and just go ahead and uh, just like the page. And, uh, and then we'll take it from the next step and the next step and, and, and so forth. Uh, I think that about does it guys I'm still kind of under the weather So I'm going to go take a nap now I appreciate you guys Uh, Until next time for Rock the Dragon Podcast I'm Tim Bridgewater and I'll see you next time